0: We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Sermons with Rabbi David Seth Kirchner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat shalom, everyone. This was a really special week in my house because this week, I think it was on Tuesday, my son Elias, who will be celebrating his bar mitzvah in two weeks and who is a fierce opponent of Lucas and his basketball team on the basketball court, Elias put on his tefillin, his phylacteries that he wears on his head and his arm that Jewish men and some Jewish women do from the age of bar bat mitzvah onward. It was a really holy moment, and we put them on together, and we davened together, and he's been putting them on every day except, of course, on Shabbat since. Now, for those of you who've never put on tefillin before or never seen it put on, it's a little intricate. We have to put these special wraps on our arms. that goes around seven times and a very particular wrap around our hand. Then we put it on our head, and the two kind of look similar, especially in the box and being able to tell them apart. And for me, since I was 13 and went to a Jewish day school, I've been putting on tefillin most days of my life. So I'm pretty accustomed to it. I know how to do it. It's a routine for me. But if you're brand new to it, you could really get confused. You might not know what to do or how to do it. And I spent a lot of this week showing Elias how to do it, realizing that it's gonna take some time until he gets to it. And he kept asking me this phrase, you know, is this right? Am I doing this right? Which I appreciated very much. I know it came from a very good place. And I would never tell this to him per se, but I would share it with all of you, is that there's no way to get it wrong. What do I mean by that? You see, I think Elias in that case, or anyone for that matter, who takes tefillin out of their bag any day to pray. The moment that you reach into the bag to take them out, to begin the process of putting them on, you've already done it right. So what if you counted wrong and you only get six straps around your arm as opposed to seven? It's supposed to be seven, but so what? So what if the piece that goes on your head is a little askew and it's not as centered as it's supposed to be? So what? You know, on, on Sukkot, when we're in the synagogue and people have lulavim and etrogim, there's a particular way, according to our sages, that we're supposed to shake the lulav. It goes that we're facing east, so it goes you know, forward, right, behind, back, up, down. Sphardim do it a little differently. And sometimes I see people doing it wrong, And an old version of me would always stop them and tell them what they're supposed to do because why not learn the right way? But then you realize that just by coming to shul and picking up the lulav, they've already done 95% of what is supposed to be done. So what if they go in the wrong order? So what if they miss a particular direction when shaking the lulav? Isn't the God we pray to a God that understands intentionality? Does it really need to be so exact and so perfect? Well, that's a hard question for me to ask rhetorically because somewhere, somehow in my life, I don't know quite where or when it happened, but I became a perfectionist. And while that sounds kind of neat to some people, it's annoying to most people. It's annoying to my family, it's annoying to my friends, and a lot of the times, it's annoying to me because it's this need to make everything exactly right and just right. And sometimes I do that with tefillin. Sometimes I do that with cooking. Sometimes I do that shaking the lulav. Sometimes I do that with clothing. If I see a blemish or something that's not right or the way that I put something out in writing at times or other things, and I know that I am far from perfect, far from perfect, but I still seem to always strive for perfection. And I have to be naked with all of you, honest with all of you, And that I find there are days, there are times when being perfect, especially in the middle of a pandemic with circumstances that we never could have imagined two and a half months ago, yet alone two years ago or 20 years ago, is really challenging. It's really hard. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves to stop striving for perfection and realize that just reaching for the tefillin itself, just grabbing the lulav so that you can shake it in a way of connecting to God, that just taking 10 minutes of your life and saying, I don't know the prayers, I can't read Hebrew, but I want to pray, that that is perfect enough. In the Parsha, in which the cantor and Lucas read from today, in the beginning of chapter 22, It says that God spoke to Moses saying, instruct Aharon and his children to be scrupulous about the donations that the Israelite people consecrate to me. Meaning, make sure that when people make sacrifices they are particular, they are focused, that they are perfect. Because God doesn't want people coming in and being haphazard in the way that we give thanks and recognition to God. And I can appreciate that. I can really appreciate that. If I were teaching a class I don't want kids to give me their homework that's all crumpled up that they did at the last minute. I want it organized with their name and the date in the top corner. I want a beginning, a middle, and an end. I appreciate that effort. But there are times and there are circumstances and there are moments where we are all a little less than perfect. And this is an important lesson for me to tell all of you and equally to tell myself that when we are less than perfect, it is okay. It is okay if we are less than perfect when we are offering a sacrifice to God. It is okay if we are less than perfect when wrapping tefillin on our hand or shaking a lulav. It is okay if we are less than perfect by not having three of the food groups when serving a particular meal. It is okay if we lose our cool at our kids or our spouse once in a while. It is okay to be less than perfect, especially now. Just don't let it be all the time. In our compendium of Jewish law and history, this is not the first time that a challenge has faced us. In fact, there have been other times where the negativity or the worry or the lack of perfection could get into our mindset and take us on a different course. And in the Tractate of Yoma, which deals with, in particular, the laws of Yom Kippur, which is found in the Babylonian Talmud. It talks about a person who's dealing with these negative forces, the negative forces of not being perfect, the negative forces of being in a dark place, the negative forces of being somewhere where they're not satisfied, where they can't find happiness. And in particular, while we're quarantined in a home with the same people, for 10 weeks, where we're limited of being outside, or where our groceries are going to come, or what tomorrow will look like as we see things that matter to us diminish, like connectivity with another human being, like the possibility of going back to our workplaces, like our 401k with our savings and our retirement continuing to diminish. And we worry, and the evil and the dark starts to take over parts of our minds. And then that gets exacerbated when the weather is wet and dark and damp. Sometimes we go to a place that we don't want to. So first of all, I will tell you, that's okay. That is normal. We cannot be cheery and optimistic and full of sunshine 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are moments where we are allowed to be less than perfect. You are allowed to be less than perfect. You are allowed to feel those genuine feelings of angst, anxiety, anger, frustration, upset, worry, and concern. It doesn't make you less than perfect. It makes you authentic. It makes you real. It makes you genuine. And in the Talmud, it specifically says that when someone starts to have those feelings, there are two ways of which we get out of that the talmud written between the 3rd and 7th century they were so prescient this is what they said if you start to feel those negative feelings you do one of two things either think of something positive that will counterbalance the negativity and or find a trusted friend and share those feelings with the trusted friend because it will alleviate some of those feelings of anxiety, frustration, worry, and concern. The Talmud in the third century is telling us what we already know. So here I was, standing with my boy in my dining room, putting on his tefillin, and he doesn't know this, and I doubt he'll watch this, but I was fighting back tears, not because of happiness in the moment, but because this is not how it was supposed to be. We went to Israel last summer and we bought his tefillin. He got to actually put the parchment, see them get written and put them in his tefillin himself. We saw them get tied up. They were made custom for him and what was nothing short of a holy and sacred moment. And in that moment, I envisioned being in his school with all the other kids at that time when it was his moment to shine and putting that spotlight on him so he could have his tefillin and standing there with my wife and my daughter and perhaps his grandparents for what would be this holy moment of putting on his tefillin. Instead, we're in my dining room, just the two of us, logging on to a prayer service. And I'm mad. And I'm sad. And then, as he turned to me the second time, saying, is it right? What I saw was the sincerity and innocence and genuineness of a boy who wanted to connect to God in the right way. And I pet his head, and I kissed it, and I said, it's perfect. Just like you. It's perfect. And it was And on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday, we davened together. My son and I davened together. We put on our tefillin together. And tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I have built my calendar so that we will daven together. Now, were this to happen in the traditional setting, we would have gone to his school once put on his tefillin, we would have had a moment taken pictures, said how proud we are, and then we would have gone about our day. But because of this pandemic, I was able to do what the Talmud said and saw a silver lining that says, I can now daven with my boy every day. day. That's a bracha. That's a blessing. Sure, the circumstances that brought it here aren't, but let's look at that silver lining and the ability to turn to my friends who are colleagues to turn to my wife, to turn to people who I trust, and to share these feelings of anxiety, frustration, upset, and worry, is validating. And it helps us in this process. So I share with you the ancient wisdom of the Talmud that is as valuable today as it was yesterday and it will be for tomorrow. Being perfect isn't a perfect feeling. You're allowed to have all of these feelings And being just okay at times is indeed just fine. If anyone would have told any of us in the middle of February that we would be cooped up for 10 and a half weeks with no definitive nature of our future, and who knows how much longer this will last, a week, a two, a month or two, a year or two, none of us know. And if I would have said this to any of you on February the 15th, you all would have laughed at me the exception of two, maybe three epidemiologists in our midst. But look at how amazing we have all done. Look at how strong we have become. Look at the silver linings and the blessings that we have been able to pull away. So yeah, being okay is pretty darn perfect in my eyes. And we're all doing pretty amazingly well. You're allowed to have these feelings. Just don't let them be your only feeling. And if they become your only feeling, I want you to know that you are surrounded by people who you love and who support you, who will help you in finding those silver linings, who will be here as a shoulder figuratively for you to cry on, to vent with, to think with, and to lower some of that anxiety. And if you can't think of a person who that works for, you call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we're all here for one another. Let us remember, perfection might be a lovely goal, but it's not always a reality. And let us realize that our imperfections are really what make us perfect. I want to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom.